0: Welcome to Fresh Research, a podcast from the Nonprofit Times. We explore some of the most interesting and sometimes provocative findings focused on the world of nonprofits. Thanks for tuning in. Here at the Nonprofit Times, we see tons of great fresh research. So, in each episode, we take a recent study or survey and have a conversation with the authors about what they found and why they think it's important for charities. We'll also give away some books and give you access to other valuable information from the Nonprofit Times.
1: An increase from three to four stars on Charity Navigator can be associated with a 6% rise in contributions. For smaller charities, the impact can be as much as 11%. That's not too big a surprise, but what about when a ratings drop? According to new research, there's no impact on contributions. Hi, I'm Mark Horivna for the Nonprofit Times, and those are some of the findings in Navigating the Notches, Charity Responses to Ratings, a paper by Jennifer Mayo, a PhD student at the University of Michigan. Some charities respond to incentives by changing behavior to try to get above the star thresholds, which leads to bunching. Mayo explains more about that and more on this episode of Fresh Research. A notched rating system like Charity Navigator's four stars, induces more behavioral change than a continuous measure, like its new Encompass rating system, which affects a smaller number of charities. About 9,000 nonprofits are included in the four-star rating system. Last year, Charity Navigator rolled out its Encompass rating system based on four beacons. About 60% of that rating, which is on a 100 scale, is based on impact and results. And now, here's my conversation with Jennifer Mayo. Where'd you get the idea to do this kind of a paper and why?
2: Hmm, that's a good question. I think, you know, you always hear this idea that some people think of charities as almost these non-economic agents that don't respond to incentives or at least face a lot weaker incentives to innovate and improve you know, relative to for-profit firms. And I just didn't believe it. And I thought, you know, surely they they must be responding to incentives that they these are very competitive markets competing for donations, and something like a rating system, which is so, these stars are so salient, um, you know, I kind of just thought there must be something there. And luckily for me, Charity Navigator provides their data via the API on their website. So I was able to download their data. And the first thing I looked at was, you know, I just drew the distribution of charities, looked at their scores and what their stars were. And you see this lumping of charities just on the right-hand side of the star thresholds. And as soon as i drew that that picture i thought okay this this is the start of a paper
1: <laughs> right yeah well you mentioned the word competitive for competition i think that's something that uh, the general public probably doesn't think of in terms of nonprofits but nonprofits themselves i find they'd rather not talk about it in terms of competition i don't think i don't think there are too many nonprofits that are really that comfortable conceding or admitting that they're in competition for funds uh, you know whether it's you know cancer charities or Animal charities, and that's interesting that you you should say that because it's sort of like the open sort of an open secret among charities is that there is competition, but also an open secret in terms of you know maybe gaming your numbers a little bit to to push yourself into that next next rating. And talk a little bit about how, some of the things you found there. You talked about in in one section of the paper a certain focus that charities were misreporting the financials either on purpose or by mistake.
2: Yeah, so I um, I compare charities that are rated by Charity Navigator with charities that are very similar, sort of the same kind of age, size, same sector, but the only difference is that they're unrated. And so I compare these expense ratios between rated and unrated charities, particularly, particularly looking at how much charities are spending on their program services. Um, and, you know, I kind of find evidence to suggest that rated charities are spending, um, you know, a lot more on their program services more than I would be. I would expect them to comparing them to the their kind of unrated counterpart. Um, so you know, I kind of take that as evidence that rated charities are facing more of an incentive to try to spend more on program services, less on admin and fundraising. Um, potentially, it's relabeling manipulation, um, but they're clearly facing some kind of incentive um, to to spend more on these things relative to unrated ones. And I find, you know, this difference across sectors. So on average, I find about 19% of rated charities are spending more on their program services than I would kind of expect them to comparing them to their unrated counterparts. But you know, it's it's like 20% in human services, but a lot less in things like recreation, which kind of makes sense. You know, you think of office supplies, It's a lot easier to call office supplies a program service expense if you're running a child daycare center versus if you're running a baseball league. You know, clearly you're not using those pens to run that baseball league. Um, So, you know, it's kind of suggestive evidence and this is all we can do. We can kind of look for evidence and we call it these traces of um, evasion or manipulation. Um, But it's not, you know, I can't definitively say X proportion of charities are manipulating we're kind of just looking for clues here, um, and I, I do this by comparing very similar rated and unrated charities.
1: In your paper, you just looked at the the star rating, not the not the newer rating. Um, the star being, I think, it was zero, zero to four stars, and the the continuous rating part of their encompass rating system is going to be more of zero to one hundred. So we're talking about about nine thousand charities. In terms of the star rating, and then the other ones you didn't, though, is that something that you might look at at a future uh, in a future paper?
2: Yes, I think uh, I think that would be interesting to look at. Um, so, as you said, they rated about nine thousand charities a year using their old star rating system, but under the Encompass rating system, they're increasing that to about one hundred and sixty thousand charities a year. I think so. This is a huge expansion, and as you say, it's you know moving from a star rating system to a continuous measure. And charities will face very different incentives when faced with these two different rating systems. Um, so I think it would be it would be really interesting to see how the response um, that I find when looking at the star rating system compares to any kind of charity response um, when looking at this continuous measure, this new encompass rating system. I think you know what I would expect is that. These stars, as you say, you can earn zero, one, two, three, or four stars. So there are only a few options. Whereas with this continuous measure, you can score between zero and one hundred. So the incentive to, you know, increase your score from ninety-four to ninety-five is a much smaller incentive than the incentive to increase your rating from three stars to four stars. Um, so you know, what I what I find in my paper is that these stars have a big um, a big effect. Um, but it's only really affecting those charities that are kind of close to that border. And if they just change their behavior a little bit, they could improve their star rating. Whereas, you know, if we were to think about rating charities using a continuous measure, then, you know, as I say, the, impact, the, the, the incentive for increasing your score from 94 to 95 is a lot smaller, but all charities are going to face that kind of incentive to improve their score by just a little bit. So you kind of got this trade-off between the size of the impact and the number of affected organizations.
1: Would, it, would a good analogy be like, let um, say you're testing and, and you're scoring on a test and you get a, a B plus versus a uh, A minus. Like it's it's around those edges.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's, it's really, um, you know, we see these types of rating systems in all, all sorts of places. You know, we rate hospitals, we rate, we, we rate schools, we yeah, grade students' exams. Um, And you always kind of see this trade-off between how much you want to incentivize the the organization or person to improve their score versus how many people are facing that incentive.
1: I don't think there was a surprise that uh, you found the higher the rating, the more donations the charity would get. Was there anything in there that, that did come as a surprise or something you didn't expect?
2: Yeah, so I look at the impact of a change in a charity's rating. Um, So I I do that by exploiting a change in the ratings methodology that took place in 2016. So luckily for me, Charity Navigator completely changed their ratings methodology back in June. And as a result of this change, 27% of charities just suddenly got a new star rating overnight. You know, they didn't change anything. They just, the the next day, they got a new rating. And so I was able to exploit this to look at the effect of these ratings. And as you say, I think, unsurprisingly, I find that Charities that increase their star rating from three stars to the highest four star rating see an increase in donations the following period by 6%. And that's 11% for smaller charities, which again, I think makes sense to me. if you Because you kind of think that this, these stars perhaps contain more information for smaller charities, because you know donors perhaps know less about these types of charities. They're less exposed to media attention, that kind of thing. But I think one thing that did surprise me is that As a result of this change in the methodology, some charities saw their star rating go up, but others saw it decline. And so I also looked at the effect of losing your star rating. And actually, I find no impact on donations from losing your star rating. So there seems to be this asymmetric effect. So those that increase their star rating do experience an increase in donations, but those that lose their four star rating don't seem to be penalized by donors. And so, you know, my, I can't exactly look at why this might be, but I have a few hypotheses, I suppose. Um, so, one is that, you know, donors become attached to their charity. You start donating to a charity and you start doing your own research. And so, perhaps over time, that star rating becomes less important. And so, when they lose their four star rating, you don't suddenly stop donating to them. Um, I think it could also be a story of asymmetric publicity. You know, of course, a charity that gets a four-star rating is going to talk about it on their website, tell their donors, whereas one that loses their four-star rating might keep quiet about it, maybe even try and explain it away to their donors by saying, you know, it was just a change in the methodology, nothing to do with our performance or anything like that. So I think, you know, I was initially surprised to see that asymmetry, but I guess, you know, some of these hypotheses make sense as to why... I might have found this result.
1: Yeah, especially, I think you're right, people get a- attached to their charities and they'll not necessarily explain away if something should happen, but they're probably more on the positive side and more on the benefit of the doubt idea of knowing the charity and, and obviously probably knowing the charity even, even better if they've been a supporter for years. They exactly. probably do research a little bit more and know, know more about it than other charities.
2: So I find this result holds across every sector except the performing arts which I found kind of interesting because I think sometimes donors do view these performing arts organizations as being substitutes for one another. You know, If if one local orchestra loses their four-star rating, then you choose to donate to the other one instead, perhaps. Um, I have other work that suggests that performing arts organizations are sometimes viewed as substitutes for one another. So that was the one exception I found, Um, but otherwise this result holds across all sectors, which I found quite interesting.
1: That is interesting. thanks for um thanks for noting that. that and that's not in this paper that's in your other work.
2: It's kind of a footnote in this paper, but okay. the the finding is backed up by a paper i I wrote previously looking at the spillover effects of very large donations on rival charities. Um, okay. So very nice. Yeah.
1: Well, I always like to get maybe some some exclusive kind of tidbits <laughs> into the podcast that you know, may not be found, found on the paper just so I can.
2: Yeah, yeah. I do have one exclusive tidbit. Um, So I do. So I I, I mentioned I find the six percent increase on average for charities that see their star rating increase from three stars to the highest four star rating. Um, I actually find that that's up to 25 percent for small food banks um, and performing arts organizations as well. Um. You know, again, I think that's unsurprising. You sometimes think of food banks as perhaps being substitutable for one another. And so when donors are trying to figure out which local food bank to give to, um, you know, maybe there's not so much to choose between them. And so one that gets a four-star rating um, is is perhaps what pushes you over the edge and makes you choose to donate to that one instead of the three-star one.
1: In one section of the paper too, you talk about the rating system and whether it creates a zero-sum game it doesn't sound like it if the charities that are getting higher ratings are getting more donations, but the ones that have lower ratings are kind of staying staying still. It doesn't sound like it's necessarily taking from, from the one stars or the two stars and, and giving to the three and four stars.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that is suggestive of um, this not being a zero sum game, but only 20 percent, 27 percent, sorry, of charities experience this change in their star rating as a result of the change in the methodology. So, you know, in order to kind of better understand whether this is a zero sum game, you have to look at all rated charities, all three or four star charities. Um, and actually, when I do that, um, I do see that the extra donations going to newly rated three and four star charities are perhaps coming at the expense of two star ones. They don't seem to be coming at the expense of unrated charities. There seems to be no substitution across that margin, but potentially there is a little bit of substitution substitution between two versus um three and four star charities which again you know charity navigator gives this a kind of seal of approval or give with confidence i think they call it if you score a three or a four star rating and so perhaps it's kind of bumping up to that higher half of the distribution that um that really makes the difference
1: sure there's no there's no shortage of charities that that put out press releases and announce that they are they've gotten a three or four star rating for X number of years in a row. They, uh, they yeah. certainly like to shout about that.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So in your research, what do you see as the pros and cons to each system is, is one better than another? Is there something that's good about the four star rating versus the continuous 100, uh, 100 point rating?
2: I think, you know, what I realize is, as I said, it's, it's this trade-off. It's do you want to, you know, really have a, do you want your rating system to have a big impact on um, redistributing donations to particular charities, whether that be three or four star charities or charities that are scoring 94 or 95? Um, So it's kind of the size of this impact versus the number of charities that are trying to change their behavior to improve their rating. And I think, you know, I'm kind of leaving that up to Charity Navigator to decide um, how they want to think about this trade-off. But I think one thing that kind of stuck out to me is that, you know, I talk about this trade off a lot in the paper, um, and how charities respond, but something that we haven't yet talked about is what donors want, you know, we know nothing about donor preferences. And um, so you know, if donors really want information in black and white, they want to be told which charities to donate to, then that would suggest that a star rating system is, is better. Um, whereas if you know the problem is that donors find it very costly to gather this information, to um, search for different charities, then perhaps what's um, welfare improving for donors is to provide information on more charities, which is what Charity Navigator are doing with this Encompass system. So I think without knowing um, more about what it is that donors want exactly, we um, we can't quite say which rating system is preferred. We can just sort of talk about what the what the different incentives are um, when you face these two different rating systems.
1: We'll have more with Jennifer Mayo about her paper, Navigating the Notches, Charity Responses to Ratings, right after this.
0: If you like what you're hearing, share it with friends and colleagues on social media. Use the hashtag freshresearch or retweet the Nonprofit Times link and you'll be eligible to win a book from the NPT library. Another way for folks to find the show, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more than 30 years, the Nonprofit Times has been the leading business publication for nonprofit management. To subscribe, visit shopthenonprofittimes.com. You'll also find special issue coverage, relevant research like our salary and benefits report, and best nonprofits to work for, plus other special reports and webinars and keep up with the latest breaking news and in-depth reporting at the nonprofittimes.com
1: now more of my conversation with Jennifer Mayo about her paper navigating the notches charity responses to ratings and you spoke to charity navigator about your paper what can you tell us a little bit about what uh, what came out of that or what's next for this uh, for this data
2: yeah, um, no, I, I was so fortunate to get to speak to them. They they emailed me and said they would love to hear about my paper. So this was, you know, so exciting to me. This like it's what what we all want to, you know, actually get to talk to the people that um, you're writing your paper about and potentially have an impact. Um, but and it went really well. You know, they they really liked the paper. They liked hearing about um, what I'd found they, as you have, they asked about um, what I thought of the encompass rating system and how I think that might affect things. Um, and I think, you know, we might, we might carry on working together in the future or, or start working together in the future rather. Um, so I really hope that that, that will happen because I think there could be some really interesting work to do there. You know, I can certainly look at how the encompass rating system affects things Um, I I said to them that, you know, I was really interested in understanding more about donor preferences. So if they can share anything with me in terms of um, how donors interact with their website, um, which charities they're choosing to donate to via the via Charity Navigators Giving Basket, it's called. Um, So potentially, you know, there's there's more data to come and more uh, work to be done with them in the future.
1: What would your takeaway be for nonprofits in your in your discussion, whether I'm a, a development director or a chief executive officer of a, of a charity and I'm reading this paper, what should I care about the most that comes out of this?
2: Well, I think charities will be kind of keen to see that they really do get rewarded for a higher star rating. So I think, you know, this shows that um, if you can get that three or four star rating, donors will will reward you quite considerably for that. Um, you know whether you achieve that higher star rating via um, changing your financial metrics trying to cut back on any unnecessary costs or whether you try to achieve that via um, more transparency you know the, this rating system that charity navigators created um, depends both on a charity's financial health but also these accountability and transparency measures um, and some of those are, I think fairly easy to implement You know. If you have a whistleblower policy, then you get more marks. Um, if you have a conflict of interest policy, if you have your Form nine ninety on your website, you know some of these steps, um, which you know benefits donors, uh, makes makes um, makes for more transparency. I think can easily help charities achieve that higher rating um, and reap the donation rewards. <laughs>
1: And those are pretty, some pretty simple ones that you mentioned, like having exactly. a 990 on your website yeah. is almost, if you don't have your 990 on your website, I'm, I'm always surprised for, for nonprofits. It's a pretty simple step.
2: Exactly. Um, and, you you know, you see charities losing marks on, on this transparency score when they need it. Um, you know, as, yeah, these are easy things to change. They would benefit donors, um, improve the efficiency of the market. So, yeah, I don't know why charities are leaving those points on the table, Um so yeah, they're certainly easy ones.
1: Anything else that kind of comes out of the paper that we haven't that I haven't asked about?
2: Yeah, I think the only other thing I haven't mentioned is that um, you know, I do also find evidence of math errors or ed- adding up errors in some of these form 990s. Um, you know, whether that's on purpose or whether that's kind of negligence on on the charity's part, um, you know, I think that's something that could be easily fixed. Like if i was talking to the irs i would tell them that this form needs to be automated you know you shouldn't be able to submit your form 990 with with errors that's crazy um and actually you know i said to charity navigator if the irs doesn't do this then perhaps you could think about flagging or or even removing the ratings of charities whose form 990s contain these errors um it's not unprecedented actually GuideStar in Korea does this. They don't publicize ratings of charities if their accounts contain errors. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what my that's my one kind of easy policy recommendation that comes out of this. Um, We don't need to have errors in these forms that could be fixed quite easily. Mm -hmm.
1: Another question that came to mind was, um, did you look at or think about doing other um, some of the other charity ratings or watchdogs like uh, there's charity watch and there's also the the wise giving alliance
2: yeah i looked at those um but i think charity navigator is the most utilized evaluator of charities mm-hmm. in the u.s they, their rating system is also to me the most comprehensive you know some of these other rating systems um they just rely on a few of these financial metrics they don't necessarily synthesize the information in the same way that charity navigator does and um, so i think charity navigator is quite unique actually both in terms of its size and also um, in terms of the way that it synthesizes information for donors in this easily digestible, accessible way via these stars. I mean, some of them, so GuideStar, they they provide these seals of transparency. But in order to get that, you as the charity, you just have to provide them with information. So it's very much dependent on what the charity is providing, um, whereas something like charity navigator they're really kind of a bit more analytical and really um trying to understand the information that charities are providing and kind of pass some judgment on the charity in a a different way
1: jennifer thanks so much
0: for your time today i appreciate it
2: of course thank you
0: that's our episode for today thanks for listening don't forget to share the Fresh Research link on Twitter or Facebook to be eligible to win something from the NPT library. You can also share on social media with the hashtag Fresh Research. And if you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Fresh Research, a podcast from the Nonprofit Times, spotlighting research and trends in the philanthropic sector. Till next time, keep up with us at the NonprofitTimes.com for all your nonprofit news.